Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast weekly sermon podcast. Due to the coronavirus crisis, we're holding church services online until further notice, and we encourage you to join us. Tune in on Sundays at one of our four online broadcast times, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 p.m., or 8 p.m. For info and updates, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at New Life SoCo and visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's an encouraging word. Oh, what a friend indeed. I'm so thankful to have a relationship with Jesus, uh, not just because of the crisis, but because of life. I'm just glad that we're able to connect with God in a personal way. And he speaks to us every time we gather together that his word is still relevant, it's still real, it's still practical. Last couple of weeks, we've been just navigating through this whole thing. We talked about having confidence in crisis. Last week, we talked about having peace and chaos. Today, I want to go a little bit deeper. I want to title this talk, beneath the surface. What's beneath all of this? What what is some of the things that we can learn and grow from the situation? We may not know everything about God, but I think God gives us hints and clues in this matter. So I want to talk to you about beneath the surface. So pray with me that God will speak to us exactly where we are this morning. So Father, thank you that you're faithful to minister to us exactly where we are. We're grateful for the confidence that we can have. We're grateful for the peace. But also, Lord, we're grateful for the lessons, Lord, and the things you want to reveal to us. So reveal, Lord, what's beneath all of this. Give us, Lord, a a, a deeper understanding of the fact that you are real and that you are with us and that you're speaking to us in very tangible ways. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I would ask you to high-five somebody, but not right now. So just give them an air I-5 or a chicken wing where you are. And get your Bibles. We're going to be in the last book of the Bible today, which is the book of Revelation. Uh, this is the last book that we have. Um, and it's a revelation that Jesus gave to one of his original students named John. And this is one of those books that I believe... Uh, has been completely taken out of context. So I hope to give you a little bit of context today of what this book is actually all about because I'm pretty sure the moment I say Revelation, people have all kinds of ideas uh, about what it is. But I'll be honest with you, uh, I don't think anybody fully understands this book, but I I guarantee you that it's less... uh, 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 It's less um, dramatic or it's less... Weird, as we make it to be. I'm trying to find the right word here. So I, I hope that today can, can help us understand and shed some light on this. So this title today is Beneath the Surface. And so Revelations chapter 3, beginning with verse 20, it says this. It says, look, this is Jesus' words, by the way. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone who hears, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Okay. So what's beneath the surface? For those who know me, know that I love movies. It's absolutely one of my favorite pastimes. I have a hard time sleeping at night, so I watch a lot of movies, like at 2 or 3 in the morning. 
because <laughs> that's my favorite way of passing time. And I love movies because I think movies is, is a way that we get to have a deeper understanding of life. And you might, it might sound weird, but to me, movies are very spiritual. I get a lot of revelation from watching movies. And my favorite genre of movies is, is drama. You know, I love a good plot and I love to see character development. I like to see how someone can become who they are over time through the process of a movie, maybe an hour or two hours. But also, there's nothing like a good plot twist, right? There's nothing like, oh, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? Uh, and what I love about movies is that as they unfold, good movies, right, it takes you on a journey, it takes you on a ride, and there's always more that meets the eye. When you watch a really good drama movie, there's always like something else, right? There's a different layer that's happening beneath the surface. And I think during this crisis that we find ourselves in, I think it's important to stop and ask that same question. What is going on beneath the surface here? Right? What's happening really behind the scenes? Right? Because it's easy to just see the, the, the natural. Like, okay, we have a virus, we have a crisis, but, but if we stop for a second, could it be that there's more that's going on here that we're not seeing? Right? Could it be that there's a plot twist in all of this? Right? Could it be that there's a God who's in control, who's in charge of the whole thing? And maybe he's taking us on a journey. Maybe he's taking us along on a ride that we are not seeing. So I think it's important to ask, what's going on beneath this crisis? What is the more that is happening? And what can I learn from it? Right? How do, and how do I allow it to change me for the better? Right? I think people who live long enough take those, those steps in life. Right? You don't just waste a crisis. You don't just waste a moment. Right? You got to ask the question, what is actually happening behind the scenes. Because when you read the Bible, it's interesting that there, there's been many crises that people have faced, right? But behind every crisis, there's always something deeper that was happening, right? Even with plagues, right? God had a plan through plagues, right? And I'm not saying God brought this virus on. What I'm saying is God always uses things for greater good, for a greater purpose. So every time something like this happened, we have to go deeper to say, okay, what else is going on here, right? So take, for example, the book of Revelation, right? The book of Revelation was written in a time of crisis. A lot of people don't realize this, but it was written during a very intense persecution. The church was going through a very, very difficult time under the Roman Empire. They were being persecuted. They were being killed left and right, and they were being scattered everywhere. And so they were in the middle of the heat. Okay? This is when Jesus decided to reveal himself to his uh, friend, John, who John, by the way, gave himself a nickname. He said, I am the beloved. In other words, he said, I'm the one that Jesus loves. How would you like to be that guy that gave himself a nickname? Right? But John is here isolated, we're like we're all isolated right now, but he was isolated in an island all by himself because they wanted to leave him there to die. You're talking about social distancing, right? The guy was left in an island to die. In this island, Jesus comes and reveals himself to John, and he gives him one of the greatest revelations of all time. That we're still trying to figure out exactly what he means. But I can tell you a little bit about what he meant to them at the time. Right? What he meant to them at the time is that they were losing hope. They were, they were scared. They were scattered. And here Jesus comes to reaffirm himself in the middle of the crisis. And not just to affirm himself as God, but to affirm his people 
in the middle of the crisis. My friends, whatever's happening right now, I believe Jesus is trying to affirm himself. I think Jesus is trying to show us like I'm in control, right? I think Jesus is trying to show us that we are not God, right? I think Jesus is trying to show us how weak we are, how vulnerable we are. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because it, it makes us now rely on him. It makes us now trust him. It makes us now pursue him instead of pursuing all these little trinkets that we pursue along the way. It's amazing to me that, that Jesus continues to show us like we've pursued all these little things that makes no sense because we've made all these things idols in our lives. And so sometimes we need a crisis to show us what really matters, right? At the end of the day, what's most important? Right? Because think about it. Look at how many time we spend on things that are just pointless and useless. Again, nothing wrong with those things, but those things could be quickly become idols in our hearts and we lose focus of the real God. And so God allows these moments that happen to kind of bring things back to perspective. So this book is first and foremost about God's heart for his people. If you go back and read Revelations, you'll see that. That Jesus says, man, I came to show you that I am the living God and I have a message for my people. And so what we read here in chapter 3 is a message to the seven churches in the area at that time. And he's speaking to them directly about his heart. Right? Even this one we just read, if you go back a few verses, Jesus is saying, listen, you kind of lost focus of me. You lost track of who I am, right? And he gave one of the revelations that we've heard so many times if you're in church. He says, man, I, I, you, you, you kind of look warm. I wish you were hot or cold. In other words, I wish you were useful. But because you look warm, I, I have no use for you. And so this is what he's talking about. He's saying, listen, I think what we need to do, I think we need to go back to basics because that's what I think God always brings us back to. He says, man, why, why don't we go back to the reality that I am your God. I have a purpose. I have a plan for your life. Why don't you open the door of your life once again? again, he gives you this illustration of I'm knocking. Can you hear Jesus knocking? I believe he's knocking right now. I believe this crisis is God knocking, saying, would you let me be God again? Would you let me be the one that created you, who loves you, who is for you? Would you let me be the focus of your life again? Would you, would you get away from all the distractions, all the lies, all the deceits? Would you let me be again the God of your world? I think this is what's beneath the surface right now. My friends, this book is less about the end of the world. It is more about God's heart for his people. Right? We've, we've jacked this thing up and made it about, you know, when is the end of the world coming? We're trying to figure out how to put our time frame in there. But the reality is, no, this was God saying in the midst of a crisis, would you let me be God again? And would you let me give you a revelation of where I'm trying to take you? Right? Because why does he end? He ends with God celebrating with his people. I got good news for us. This book ends on a happy ending. Okay? There's an happy ending here. That it's not just happy, it's epic. Right? That God is going to reign again on this earth. And God's going to reign with his people. There will be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sadness, no more viruses. That God will be in the midst of his people. But God is saying, in the meantime, why don't you let me be God? And take you to where I'm trying to take you. My friends, God uses those moments to knock at the door of our lives. And I love how he says, this, if you, I'm knocking. If you open the door, I'll come in and share a meal with you as a friend. Yeah. Right? Think about that. Right? This is not an angry God. <laughs> you know, this is not like God trying to bring judgment to the world. This is God actually trying to bring friendship to us. Right? He says, hey, I want to come and share a meal with you for the Jewish audience, which the original audience would be, they would, they would understand that this is a symbol of friendship. 
If a Jewish person says, I want to have a meal with you, he's saying, I want to be friends with you, right? That's why last week we broke bread, right? Because we have a friendship with Jesus. The cross gives us a friendship that is unbroken because of Jesus, right? So he's saying, listen, I came to establish friendship with you, not to judge you, not to condemn you, not to hurt you. Actually, all those things, I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to actually bring you closer to my heart. And my, so my friends, Jesus wants to have a friendship with us, an eternal friendship with us, that it can, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Right. So and then he goes on to say that that those who have this meal with him as his friendship with him can live this victorious life. Right. Victory is found in a relationship with Jesus. Right. Victory in the midst of crisis is knowing who is in control. Victory in the midst of crisis is having perspective that's eternal. Right. That we're not in gloom and doom because we just focus on the moment. Well, but we have an eternal perspective. Why? Because we have victory in Jesus. And then, and then this is the part that I've really been thinking about and wrestling with about what's beneath the surface is that Jesus says this, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit. Right? I pray we, we catch this. He says anyone who has spiritual antennas up have to pick up what the spirit is trying to say. Right? Next week, I'll talk more in depth about the Holy Spirit. Because I really believe this is more than ever time for us to be in tune with the Spirit of God. But here he's saying, listen, get your antennas up. Tune up, right? Tune in to what God is trying to say to us. It's about being in the right frequency. You know, you ever been uh, trying to play with the radio to get the right frequency and you just miss it and you just say, ah, you just like, you, get, you know, I think this is what he's saying. He's saying, listen, pay close attention to the frequency of the Spirit. Because the spirit is up to something. Now, I, I can't tell you everything the spirit is up to because I don't know. But right now, I'm concerned we're trying to be in tune. I'm, I'm just trying to be very careful to hear what the spirit is saying. And in order to do that, you've got to shut off the other voices. It's hard to hear the Holy Spirit when you have all these other frequencies going through your head. Right? It's hard to hear God's voice when all you're paying attention to is fear. It's hard to hear God, and all you have on is everything else. You got music on, and you, and you got CNN on, you got Fox on, you have MEC on. You, you know, listen, that's going to bring way more chaos into your heart and mind if you don't shut those things off and say, how can I get in tune with the Spirit of God? Because the Spirit will bring understanding into our lives. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to go, but the Spirit is going to come. And the Spirit will, will bring the revelation that you need, and especially in these moments, to give you a deeper understanding of what's happening, yeah. right? Because not everybody's in tune, my friends. That's why it's so critical for us to take advantage of all the tools that God has given us, right? We've, we've talked about prayer. That's a spiritual tool. We've talked about worship. We've talked about speaking life. We've talked about, you know, being grateful and helping others. But I think there's another tool here, which is learning to meditate on the word, learning to stay tuned with the spirit of God, right? This is the next available tool that I want us to get a, get a, a grasp on. If we're going to understand what's beneath the surface, we need to meditate, right? And this, the word meditation sounds so foreign to us because we live in a, in a fast-paced society where no one stops, no one's asking deeper questions. But I think God is slowing us down on purpose to say, no, you got to stop. You, actually, you have no choice now. I've made you stop so that you can pay attention to what I'm trying to say to you. My friends, I love the way that one of the saints says it. Thomas Kempis says that, that when you meditate, it's becoming familiar in the friendship with Jesus. 
Like you want your friendship with Jesus to become a normal thing for you. It's not abnormal. It's not a Sunday thing. It's an everyday thing. In order for that to happen, you have to have an inner sanctuary. That's what Jesus is saying here. I want you to open the door of your life, right? That's the inner sanctuary. There's nothing you can do on the outside to bring about this revelation. That's all about inside, right? Jesus comes to knock, and I believe he knocks at the door of every human being. But not everybody's paying attention to open the door, to actually allow him to come in. Right? And I believe, according to scriptures, Jesus comes and knocks at the door and he wants to reveal himself to us in different ways. Right? Let me just share with you how Jesus comes. First of all, Jesus comes as a priest to all of us. Right? What does a priest do? A priest comes to bring forgiveness. Right? Jesus is our priest. Right? He's the holy of holy priests. He's the only one that was perfect enough to offer a sacrifice on behalf of us to forgive us of our sins. It's our greatest need in life. We need to live a forgiven life. We need to know that we are one with God. There's nothing separating us from him. And so Jesus comes to be, first of all, the priest to every one of us. And then he makes us all a priest, right? He says, all of you are the royal priesthood when you accept that, which means you can go to God at any given moment. You don't have to wait for a priest to intercede for you. You don't need a third party when you have a relationship with Jesus. Right? And this is one of the challenges, my friends, I think, in this moment, is that sometimes we're, we, we rather someone else talk to God for us. And that's been the challenge for humans. Right? We'd rather say, like, like the people said to Moses, you go talk to God. Right? And since then, we've been kind of, even now, I think we have to be careful that we don't let you know, other people talk to God for us. But we all have our favorite pastors. We all have our favorite preachers and favorite blogs and favorite podcasts. But guess what? Those are all secondhand, secondhand words from the Lord where you can get a firsthand word from God because he's made you a priest in your own right. So that's the first thing that Jesus wants to do is be, is be a priest to you, that you become a priest. The second thing that Jesus comes when he knocks at your door is that Jesus wants to be your prophet. What is a prophet? See, a lot of times people just think prophet is someone that tells you about the future. Actually, prophet is someone that reveals you deeper understanding of what's happening around you. A prophet sometimes just gives you a word of encouragement, a word of wisdom, right? So a prophet for me is someone that just teaches you the ways of God. And Jesus is the ultimate prophet. He was prophesied that he would come. The prophet would come to the world, right? He's the oracle of God, right? He's the one that has the word of God himself, right? Forget the prophet that you see at three o'clock in the morning. Right? I'm talking about Jesus, right? The real God who comes to speak over you and it empowers you now to learn to speak words of power and encouragement and wisdom to other people around you. The third way that Jesus comes to reveal himself to us is that he is the king that rules us. You know, he said, I came to establish my kingdom. The thing is, his kingdom is an invisible kingdom, right? All those who have accepted Christ I have, have said, Jesus is my king. Jesus is my Lord. And this thing happens in the middle of the crisis. The kingdom is still there. It's the presence of God that is the kingdom of God, right? It's not about going to heaven someday. It's about actually bringing everything that heaven is to us today, right? Jesus come to say, I'm your king. That's why we don't bow down to fear. We don't bow down to anything that's not God's will for our lives, right? These guys were in the middle of a persecution, still going, Jesus is Lord. They defied 
the Roman Empire because the Roman Empire would say Caesar is Lord. They're like, no, we have a king. His name is Jesus, right? And it's the same thing for us that we're not going to bow down to anything other than God's will for us. And then the fourth way that Jesus comes to knock at our door of our lives is that he comes as a shepherd. He comes to guide us, right? A shepherd guides his people, right? David understood this and he said, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Jesus is the shepherd of my life. He comes and he says, in the middle of this crisis, I'm going to guide you. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to protect you. Listen, my rod and my staff will comfort you and surely goodness and mercy will follow you every day of your life. When he knocks at the door, my friend, he's a priest, he's a prophet, he's a king, but he's also a shepherd. See, my friends, when we learn to meditate and we start to take the word of God seriously, then we'll begin to position ourselves to really receive everything that God has for us. You know, I, I would tell you this, meditation is not as confusing and not as this super spiritual thing as it is because all of us are meditating already. Just think about what you're thinking about, you're meditating. Yeah. The problem is meditation is about focusing your mind and your heart on God's word. Because if you're not doing that, you're focusing on something. All of us daydream. That's meditation. <laughs> Think about it. All of us find ourselves, you know, deep in thought about something. That's meditation. It's just that we're not intentional about saying, what, about if, what if I focus on the word? What if I begin to zero in on what God has to say? So in other words, it's not abnormal to meditate. It's, it's what you do every single day already. You're just not being more focused. It's about being rooted in, in the word because that brings success to your life. And we see this throughout scriptures, right? Psalm 1 is, is one of my favorite when it comes to meditation because it just really gets to the heart of why do we meditate and what is the power of meditation. And if you have your Bible, go to Psalms chapter 1. just want to read three verses with you about the power of meditation. Look, it says this. Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. When you meditate on the word, you're not following anybody else's advice. Or stand around with sinners. When you're meditating on the word of God, you're not standing around with people who are doing absolutely nothing with their lives. Or joining with mockers, right? But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. In other words, I'm focusing my thoughts, my focus is on the word of God. And what happens when you meditate? You become, like what they say in verse 3, they are like a tree planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Isn't that what we want? We want to prosper. We want, another word for prosper is we want to succeed in everything that we do. You want to succeed as a mom? Learn to meditate on the word. You want to succeed in your marriage? Learn to meditate on the word. You want to succeed in the middle of a crisis? Learn to meditate on the word. Whatever you want to do in life, you will prosper when you're meditating on God's word for your life. You know, I'm a tea drinker. I love to drink tea. And oolong tea is my favorite tea, if you want to know. Um, but, you know, what I love about it is, like, it's a great illustration of what meditation is. Tea is basically hot water, and you, and you put a bag of tea in there, and it begins to transform itself into this different color, 
and it, it brings flavor because the, the water is just being seeped by this tea. And I think that's the same thing with meditating. Like your life is almost like this hot water. But when you begin to put God's word in it, it begins to permeate it. It begins to transform it and it begins to give it flavor. It begins to give it focus. It begins to give it clarity. And that's what meditation really is. It's about going deeper into what's already there. You know, I heard about the cows. The cows do something very di- interesting. They say cows will, will just eat a bunch of stuff, a bunch of grass, but then they store it, and then later on, they bring it back to chew on it. You get that picture? Right? And I think that's what meditation is, right? You, 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 you may be listening to this. You might go to a Bible study, but guess what? There's got to be a time where you got to take all of that and say, okay, now let me chew on this stuff. Let, it, let, let me bring it back so I can actually dissolve it and make it practical and make it real. Because if all I do is just eat, 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 guess what? I'm not doing anything with it. The Bible says you don't want to just be a hearer of the word. You want to be a doer. But you're not going to do anything with it if you don't meditate on it first to figure out how does this actually apply to my life. And that is one of my, my biggest passion in life. I don't want to share something with you that's not going to apply to your life. Like, what's the point of me coming in here and, and share with you a bunch of graphs and charts about the, the revelation, but not give you the practical understanding that God was saying, I'm, I'm in the midst of my people right now as we speak. So I want to challenge you out there. Don't be content with just secondhand messages from God. Don't be content with somebody else telling you about God. Don't be content with someone else praying for you. You pray for yourself. You go to the word for yourself. You worship for yourself. You seek God for yourself because God will come to those who seek him. He says, I'm knocking. I believe he's knocking right now, right? But we're still busy trying to do other things. We're not hearing his voice. My friends, all who follow Jesus have the right to have a relationship with him, right? It's about practicing the presence of God. That's why Paul says, pray always. Because what Paul was saying is, you go, always have this attitude of, bringing God into your life, you know? Listen, if God speaks, we must learn to listen. That's why he says, he who has an ear, let him hear, right? Because again, the struggle with sometimes if you grew up in a Christian home and you've been around the Christian thing for a while, is this is one ear out the other, right? No one stops to actually meditate, to chew on the things that God is trying to say to us, right? It's about hearing but it's also about obeying. Listen, I really believe that right now, what we need is a prophetic perspective from the Lord. By prophetic perspective, I mean a voice that is coming from eternity to speak something real over us right now, right? All of us have to see God to be able to understand that. So we're not just just going through life trying to figure things out without the presence of God leading us. We got to ask this question, God, what are you up to? What are you up to? in my life? What are you up to in my family? What are you up to in this nation? What are you up to in this world? That's what I'm praying. God, what are you up to? Give us some clear-cut understanding of what are you up to. And that's why he came to John in that island all by himself to give him a word so he doesn't feel isolated. So you don't have to feel isolated. You don't have to feel alone. God is trying to speak to you, right? And I think also the other question we got to ask is, God, how do you want me to be your light, and your salt in this world. Because right now, everybody's running for the hills. Everybody's worried. Everybody's fearful. But God, as, as, your, as your child, how do you want me to be light and salt in this world? So my friends, as usual, I like to get practical with you. So I want to just 
give you something practical to do at home, right? How do you tune your ears to the Spirit of God, right? This is just one way to do it. There's many ways to do it, but I just want to give you something practical to go with for the week. Listen, if you want to hear the Spirit of God, number one thing is you got to find a quiet place. And right now I think you can find a quiet place or not if you have kids, you know. But maybe when they go back, when they go to bed, it's your time to have some quiet with the Lord. But you got to set those times apart to say, God, I want to hear from you. The second thing is you got to find a posture that is comfortable and not distracting where you can just sit and say, God, I really want you to speak to me, right? Again, quiet place, posture. The third thing that I encourage you to do is close your eyes, right? And, and, and I don't want to be spooky, but learn to focus on Jesus because Jesus is with you, but his presence is manifested in spirit right now. So his spirit is right there sometimes. And the reason why I have to close my eyes is I don't want to be looking around, right? I want to look inwardly and say, the Holy Spirit, come speak to me. Right. And then fourth thing is take a chapter in the Bible like today or take a verse. Read it. Read it a few times. Right. Read it in, in different translations if you if you can. Right. And just let it sit with you. Right. Sometimes, my friends, here's what I think. Quality over quantity. One verse is better than trying to read 10 verses or 10 chapters. Just to say I read 10 chapters. It's like, why not take one verse? Right? Every day we've been sharing one or two verses on the 40 days of prayer online. Just take that verse and let it speak to you for the day. Right? Because the person who shares it online might get something. You might get something completely different from it if you actually take it to heart. But don't let it become again, okay, that person already shared it. I'm good. That's secondhand. Why not say, okay, God, that's a, that's a cool revelation that that person got, but what can I get out of it? Right? What can I personally get? out of this verse. So follow that 40 days of prayer, right? Meditating is simply saying, I'm going to focus on this. I'm just going to like focus my mind and my heart on it. And here's something you have to understand. The goal of meditation is not to study, it's to embrace the reality of what you read. Let me say that again. It's not to study it, it's to embrace the reality of it, right? Right now, I don't need to study peace. I need to embrace peace. Okay, I need to study how many, time, how many different ways the peace is said in the Bible. No, I need, I need the peace of God to be my reality, right? I don't need to study the Greek and Hebrew just for the sake of saying I have knowledge. No, I need experience to know, God, you are with me in this storm of life. So I'm asking you to help me let this word penetrate my life and let it really seep into my life like a, a tea bag would seep into the water. Okay, listen couple of things. This is just some practical things. If you want to do it, you can. But this is just something to kind of get your whole body into the same flow. As you get posture, you close your eyes, you focus. Is You can use your, your, your palms. To, you, put, you can put your palms down to say, Lord, I'm going to release all these worries and anxieties to you. After you read the Bible, now it's like, God, now I want to activate your word. I want it to be real. I want it to be, I want it to be true in my life. So I want to turn over these worries. I want to turn over these anxieties. God, my kids are driving me nuts. I just want to give that to you right now. Or maybe it's your husband. Like you just heard, I drive my wife nuts. So just turn your wife or your husband over to the Lord. You know, you don't have to carry any burdens. You know, the Bible says, cast all your cares upon him. For he cares about you. 
you know, be specific. I really believe the more specific you are, the better. Just, just let everything that's weighing you down, release it to the Lord. And then you can turn your palms up to receive. You ever seen people in church like this? We're just receiving. Just saying, Lord, I'm, I'm, I have a posture of, of receiving, right? Because think about it. When you're talking to someone, someone's like this, you're like, they're not receiving anything, right? Like your body language says something about what's happening on your word, right? And I'm saying that's everybody, right? But I think that majority of us, your body language says either I'm closed or I'm ready to receive, right? So why not try to receive from the Lord and say, Lord, I'm, here I am. I'm ready to receive. I want what I just read to be real. I don't want it to just be a head knowledge. Lord, I want it to be real. I want to experience this real peace, this real grace that you said. I want to experience this friendship that you said we can have together, you know? And I would just encourage you, be patient, right? Think about it. We've been going, going, going for so long. So you try to meditate one day, you're going to be frustrated. Your mind's going to be all over the place. But guess what? Start to have the attitude that, God, I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to make time to be with you. And guess what? Next thing you know, it'll become a way of life. It'll become part of who you are. Because I really believe with all my heart, Jesus is knocking more than ever, right? He's knocking to the unbeliever, but he's knocking to the believer to say, can we go deeper? Can we go deeper? I want to show you what's beneath the surface. I want to show you more of me. And I believe God wants to reveal himself to us if we would open the door of our hearts. So today, where you are right now, have you opened the door of your life to Jesus? I don't, I, I don't, I'm not talking about are you religious? Have you been you know, baptized, catechized, all of that? No, I'm talking about have you opened the door of your life to Jesus? Can you see a reality of Jesus in you? Like the friendship, the forgiveness, the grace. He's either king, he's either prophet, he's either shepherd of your life. You know, why not open the door today? Why not right now in this moment that God has brought us together from wherever you are, why not open the door of your life today, invite Jesus to come in and let him share a meal with you. Let him transform you from the inside out and give you an eternal perspective in life. So take a moment and pray with me right now exactly where you are. Listen, I believe God is with you. I believe God is for you. God's not here to judge you, condemn you. He's actually here to offer friendship. He says, I came to knock at the door. If you let me in, I will come and have a meal with you as friends. He says, I don't call you slaves, I call you friends. Those who have a relationship with him are friends with Jesus. So where you are right now, I'm gonna say this prayer. If that's you, where you are, listen, I know it sounds crazy, but lift your hand where you are, like we just talked about, your posture to say, I'm re- I wanna receive. So pray with me that you, Jesus would come into your life, be your friend, be your savior, be your, be your God, and give you eternal perspective. So I pray right now, pray with me, Father, I, I heard you today, and I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want this friendship. I want your forgiveness. I want your healing, and I want your revelation. I want to know what's beneath the surface. So come, Holy Spirit, and reveal yourself to me. I'm open, and I'm willing to go on this journey with you. I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you pray that prayer... We believe that the old is gone, the new has come. Listen, you'll see a number right underneath here. Just text Jesus. Let us know. We just want to be able to to celebrate with you, first of all, and to connect with you, to show you how to grow deeper into this friendship with Jesus. But it's so clear that he cares about you. Listen, in the middle of Revelation, what most people miss is that God wants a friendship 
with all of us. And I'm glad you tuned in today. Again, text Jesus. Let us know that you made that decision exactly where you are, and we would love to connect with you. I'm so thankful you tuned in today. And if this blessed you, don't keep it to yourself. Share it, because sharing is caring. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.